It's crazy how your heart just has a mind of its own Yeah, yeah uh, Like when a smile that makes the choice on its own mm-hmm. uh, Well, the funny thing about this heart of mine It knows what it wants uh, See, the crazy thing is My mind tries to deny it But girl, I can't fight when I know I know I want you, baby Ooh. I want you, How are you staying extra black and proud this month? Because you do know we black every day, but this month we extra blackity black, black, black. So go ahead and put your fist in the air and say it loud and say it with full joy. I am black, I am proud, and I am blessed to be alive. Say it with your whole chest, okay? <laughs> This month, you know, we are celebrating all things black. To be black in this world, you know, right now seems a little dangerous. But let me tell you, it's lit. Okay? I wouldn't want to be anything but black. To be young, black, and gifted is a blessing. To be black is a gift from God. Like the great Ozzy Davis said, I find in being black a thing of beauty, a joy, a strength, a secret cup of sauce, and gladness. I had to go ahead and add the sauce part because we are definitely saucy, okay? And we are rich. All right, people? So let me ask you, what is your blackness bringing you? Is it bringing you joy? Is it bringing you resilience and perseverance? Is it bringing you sorrow? Or is it bringing you honor and knowing that you are attached and come from such lineage of greatness? I hope it's bringing you greatness in a sense of pride that even when you feel like giving up or when you feel like you don't have what it takes to keep going, that you take a beat and remember where you come from. Remember your ancestors. Remember, we are more than just slaves, but we are kings and queens and any and everything we allow ourselves to put our mind to. Remember, you got loyalty and royalty inside your DNA. Like our brother Kendrick said, go ahead and blast DNA real quick. Let them know what's in your DNA. Don't just focus on the negatives, but shift your focus onto the greatness that lies within because it's there. It's in you. So good, people. This episode of All Things Black, you know, Black love from the Black man perspective, we're bringing this addition, you know. I personally would like to introduce you all 
to my God brother. He's a special person, okay? And he will tell you that he went to the real HU. <laughs> that is Hampton University. I can't get into that debate myself because I went to a PWI, but HBCUs definitely hold a special place in my heart. And while we're talking about HBCUs, go ahead and watch Queen Bee documentary Homecoming. It's good. I think I need to rewatch it myself to, you know, feed my spirit. My God brother is pretty awesome, okay? He isn't just my God brother. He's a black man. He's a father, a husband, a photographer. So if y'all see any of my pictures, like, professionally done, it's him. And he's just not a photographer. Like, it runs in his family, him and his brothers. Him and his brother. It's not, it's only two of them. Um, they're both photographers, and they're both great. And he's an architect. And you know what? When I Google architects and Google... Google had the audacity to only depict a bunch of white men, an occasional Asian man. Like, mm, where's that representation? Like, where are us? Like, where are we on Google as architects? I don't like that. They need to fix it. I mean, they exist and they're dope. So come on, Google, get it together. So, good people, it is my pleasure to introduce you to my god brother an amazing black man david or dave <laughs> so welcome dave welcome to good food good people podcast how are you doing i'm, I'm swell how are you i am doing good i'm doing good. I, I, I appreciate that that introduction that you just made you know, and, and acknowledge the real h you you listen I, I knew you felt like this so i had to hype you up you know <laughs> dave how's your heart uh, you know, you know as, far as far as today, today uh, I'm doing good. Um, uh, I want to get a little deeper. Um, my heart's a, a little indifferent to be, to be honest with you, just with the the state of things right now in not just the country, but the world. But, you know, it's from a bigger picture standpoint of health, um, family, the times that we're in so on and so forth, but I'm all right. I'm all right. Okay. Okay. Can you tell the good people about yourself? I mean, I gave them a little intro, but, you know, please tell us what you would like for us to know. Uh, well, born and raised in Philly. Um, like you said, went to the real HU of Hampton University. Uh, graduated in 2011. Went to grad school for construction management in 2014. Um, been in the real estate and construction industry since. Um <clears throat> excuse me. Uh married going on three years now. Uh little girl uh who is the light of my life right now. Um uh, she's pretty awesome. Um uh photographer on the side, I guess you want to say. It's a serious hobby, but um I, I love every waking minute of it. Um love the people that I get to work with, you included. Um but other than that, I'm, I'm a simple guy. Um, come from a, um, a small family. It's four of us. One older brother. Parents still married. Uh, been married like 42 years or something like that. They're old, so. Uh, but married a long time. Um, and just just all about positivity. Uh, keeping the right people around me. Uh, striving for wealth generation creating generational wealth for for my family and for my little one 
Mm-hmm. And um, just all about positivity and good vibes all day, every day. That's what we like to hear. You know, this month we are dedicating it to our black men and specifically black love. I gotta say it, you know, a little sensual, a little just, you know, soft, because sometimes people hear black and just, you know, they, they're height, they're, they're, what should I say? They're a little afraid, you know, of all this blackness, or they try to make it seem like black, blackness doesn't have um, softness or, you know, anything else to it. But it does. Black love is amazing. I so how important is black love to you? Uh, black love is, is really important. Uh, and I'm, I'm speaking in terms of not even just between uh, a man, woman, or you and another person as far as someone being your spouse. But I'm, I'm thinking in terms of black love as a race mm-hmm. uh, of us loving ourselves and one another, um, you know, beating the, the, the stigmas of the stigmas and stereotypes of this country, of this planet, of how people view us uh, as black people, as a race, um, certain ideals they may have of us based off of certain uh, cultures, mm-hmm. uh, the history of us, you know, how, how people portray us to be, how we, how we talk, how we act, how we dress. Um, but I think it's what the important part is how we view each other and all that, how we talk to one another, how we treat one another throughout all that. So I think black love from that standpoint as at a bigger picture is crucial. It's absolutely crucial. Yes, definitely. Definitely. I like I like that standpoint that you just made that view. Growing up, was black love something you saw within your community, even within your, you know, within your home? How was it depicted within your neighborhood and your home? Um, I'll, I'll talk about it from two standpoints. Okay. From a community standpoint, growing up in West Philly, you know, row houses, you, you can have upwards of a hundred neighbors on one block. Mm-hmm. So in a five or six block area of a neighborhood, you've grown up with thousands of people. Um, so you get to know a lot of people. So you, you see a bit of both worlds where, you know, there's the violence, there's the good parts, there's the bad parts, the married people, the divorced people, the, you, you see it all, you get to know all aspects of it. But one thing I've grew growing up, at least in my community and neighborhood, and even throughout Philly, you know, we're the city of brotherly love. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that definitely holds true. But um, you, you get to see the the positivity reign through more than all of the, the bad things and the, and the negativity. Um, but as far as from a household standpoint, <clears throat> you know, like I said, uh, my mom and dad are still married. Uh, I think they're going on 42 or 43 years this year. Uh, I'm sure they still get on each other's nerves, but they are like the, the best of friends from the way that they act with one another, the way that they talk to one another, the way that they raised me and my brother. You know, they never argued in front of us or like my dad never put hands on my mom um, and vice versa. Um, it was just always very tight knit. Um, and we grew up knowing how to have senses of humor, um, how to treat one another, how to treat women, how to treat men. 
um, how to treat people in general. Um, so we, we definitely were surrounded by it growing up between from the two of them. And, you know, it's translated into the person that I am today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I love your parents. I'm their goddaughter. You know, I was the only girl for a I don't even want to say time. goddaughter. You, you, you wanted a children. <laughs> yes. You are <laughs> one of their children. They have two amazing daughter-in-laws. I just prepared them for them. But. Right, right, right. Yeah, you, you, you one of us. So I'm not even going to put the guy like, yeah, you, you, you came to us through Jesus, but you, yes. you one of us. Yes. Was black love something you always knew you wanted and not only wanted, but to recreate and to procreate? Oh, yeah, that's a no brainer. Uh, so th- th- this answer is a little biased. Um, okay. So. Growing up in West Philly, from elementary, middle school to even high school, uh, I was surrounded by nothing but black people. Mm-hmm. High school kind of introduced me to other races. So I went to high school in Southwest Philly. I went to Bartram. Okay. Um, and in that area, there were a lot of Asians. There were a lot of Italians, um, some Indians mixed in. So I got to, to see and know some good people of other races. So that started to introduce me to it. But then after high school, I went to an HBCU. So that put me right back at square one. But being at an HBCU, you're introduced to so many different walks of people of the same race. But it's just such an eye opener of the different types of people out there, the different upbringings, the different uh, financial backgrounds, marriage backgrounds, the people who have siblings, no siblings, people who come from upper middle class to who come from lower middle class, middle class, and everybody's the same. Everybody thinks the same way. Everybody's about progression and growth and being successful entrepreneurship. Um, but it was a going to an HBCU was a reminder that, you know, black is everything. And Hampton taught me to, you know, no matter where you are, who you're around, you are a representation of yourself, of your family. And, you know, I am a black man and we know how being a black man is in this country. But, mm-hmm. you know, every day I feel like I, let me take it back. I don't feel like I have to necessarily put on uh, my best. I automatically want to be the best person I can possibly be mm-hmm. in this world, in this country, in my house just from being a black man. And I wanted to share that with a black woman, somebody who was like me, um, could share the same values, goals, uh, interests, um, same type of story for us to create our own story. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I never saw that being outside of, uh, a black woman. I've dated outside of black and then I wound up back with black because I've dated outside of black. That's no jab or shock to any other race, but, um, you know, it's just, it, I've, I've always been in the mindset where I truly believe there's no such thing or nothing like a black woman on this planet. Mm, so it was like highly important for you to marry a black woman. I won't say it was highly important. It's just, it's just, it felt right. It just, mm-hmm. it just felt right. Like I, I don't have the same connections with people outside of black people that I do with black people. And that's only natural because you, you can't have the same conversations. You can't act the same way and it may not be their fault, but you know, as history goes, like, you know, we have certain stereotypes and stigmas against us, you know, or about us. So you can't, you can't relate the same way. So it just, 
it naturally happens where black on black clicks. Right. Very true. Very true. Dave, how did you know you were in love? Ooh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, we jumping right to it. I could dig it. Um, we, I, I've been in love before. Mm-hmm. Um, but this love is different because you actually put a, a ring on it. Yeah, I, I put a ring on it. Um, uh, oh man, it's so I've, I've always had this thing where it's just like you go through enough. Okay, let me ask this question first. Mm-hmm. Can I curse? Yes, do okay. your thing. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> I truly think, and I say this all the time: you go through enough shit in life so that when you know when you have found the right thing Mm -hmm. it is what it is like you know it's the right thing whether it's with a job friendships the right car you know but when it comes to somebody you want to share the rest of your life with leading up to that point there are certain characteristics and qualities you see in a certain individual that may not have been in previous people or something that may be completely different that takes you out of your comfort zone or out your box where instantly you just know in your mind, it's just like, damn, that's the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I, to me, it, it don't, it doesn't take long to, to, to realize that. Um, like when I met my wife, um, it was 2014 mm-hmm. or 14 or 15, one of those. Um, but when I saw her for the first time, I knew I wanted to pursue her. As soon as I saw her, it was, it was a wrap. My mind was made up that I wanted to pursue her mm-hmm. and then getting to know her. It made me want to, um, you know, quarter harder and harder despite whatever situation she was in or what I was in. Mm-hmm. But it made me want to quarter, like really like put the energy and effort out there to like, you know, get to know her and over time make her your girlfriend. And then, you know, you guys go through certain things where mm-hmm. you, you, you go through your ups and downs, you get to know families, you have sex, uh, mm-hmm. you do, you know, X, Y and Z. And, you know, again, from there, if certain things keep progressing forward and being as good as you hoped they would be. Take the next step. Take the leap. Mm-hmm. That plays right into my next question of what made you pursue? Like, was there any nervousness nah. in pursuing? And Yes. Okay. Yes and no. Yes and no. No, because when we met, I was 26 or 27? 26 when we met. And at that point in life, I was... I, you know me. I, I am who I am. Like it, it's take it or leave it. I'm very personable. Like I'm, I'm easy talking with people. Like it's, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. So, so that part was easy. The difficult part is when I met her. She was uh, leaps and bounds ahead of where I wanted to be profes- professionally. Okay. So you know, men, we're dumb. So, um, you know, pride and ego kind of stepped in Mm -hmm. on on my own account where it's just like, damn, like she's got the job, the car, she makes the money. And I was nowhere near that. Like I was still trying to get my life together and she had it together. And so that was like, I had to check my pride, but in the beginning it wasn't that simple. Um, but 
you know, it just, it, I still took the, the leap of faith. I still took the chance and, you know, here we are today, married with a child. You know, I commend you for pursuing because niggas today don't be pursuing, Dave. Like, <laughs> I just like, and even if they do pursue, their efforts just be like, what is this what you call pursuing? Like, I'm not saying I want somebody to chase me, you know, but like, don't, don't, um, don't pursue me and you can't keep up. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely hear where you're coming from. So I, I think courtship is a two-way street. And I've, I've grown to feel this way over time. I agree that, you know, if... I think either if man or woman or whoever whoever you're interested in is interested in somebody and you want to get to know them, then pursue them. But in two things, I think there is a way to pursue But I also think there is a way to receive being pursued. Mm -hmm. And I think that can be misleading to, to some men or women, but I think that could be misleading because we are a completely different generation from like where our parents were, where Mm -hmm. let's just use men and women. But you know, if a man wants to pursue women nowadays are a lot more independent Mm -hmm. than what they used to be a lot more, um, um, stronger mm-hmm. as far as mentally than what we would, you know, black women used to be, <coughs> excuse me. Um, uh, you guys are, you make a lot more money and a lot of times it's more money than some men. So sometimes, you know, like I will admit, and this is how I felt in the beginning too. It's just like you, you men can be intimidated sometimes about, the person that they're interested in. Granted, we see a long list of things that checks the boxes of what the our ideal woman is. You know, she has her own job, she has her own car, she has her own place. Mm-hmm. Uh, she don't have no baby daddy drama. She don't have no baggage or very little baggage. Mm-hmm. Um, she she real cool. She like same music. I like same food. Like she checks all these boxes. But like if we don't, as men again, we're dumb. We're wired differently. But if we don't have half those things checked off on our list, then, you know, signs of intimidation can can kick in. We have to check our pride. We have to check our ego. But I agree. Like, you know, I think men should still court. But I think women, not all women, but I think women should be open to courtship because, you know, and this is a two way street. But I think men and women probably don't make it easier easy for the other sex to be able to court well how like how can women be open to courtship i I think that you your question is the answer i think women just need to be open to it like that's that's the only thing now granted if the dude comes off as like a deadbeat broke or you know doesn't seem like he's about his business or anything like that then that's a different conversation Mm -hmm. but if you have certain boxes that he's also checking then you need to be open to seeing where things could go. Now, if, if you've done it before and you know, this leads into other things, but if you've done it before and you've been hurt and stuff like that, then yeah, there are certain reservations and things might take time. But again, I think that's exactly what it's like. You need to be open to letting somebody come after you essentially. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, we see on social media how everyone wants to be married 
Well, at least that's what's on my feed. <laughs> we see accounts dedicated to black marriages right, and right. love and the positivity of hopefulness and beauty and black love. But rarely do we get to see or hear about the work that is needed and required for these black marriages to survive. And sidebar people, go check out the Black Love Doc. Watch it by yourself. Watch it with your significant other, whatever. It's on own network. They do a great job in showcasing the highs and the lows that comes with Black love and marriages. And it's a good show to watch no matter, you know, your age or the years in a relationship or marriage. So, Dave, you've been married for three years. So, tell us what we don't hear or expect and see about Black marriages in the early years of marriage. Because society will paint this blissful picture of happy-go-lucky, no problems, but that's not true. And, you know, like both of our parents been married forever. So we yeah. we have that firsthand experience and account what marriage takes in that intentional work, which, you know, it's hard work. It's beautiful, but it's still work. Absolutely. So I, so I think... Just, just speaking realistically, I, I do think marriage is overrated. Um, but I, I think the pictures that get painted from a parental standpoint or from a husband and wife standpoint down to children. And I use that as an example because we grew up in households where our parents were married a long time, still are. Mm -hmm. But now we're starting to see and hear the 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 real parts of, of marriages and, you know, what you're not married, but I am, but mm -hmm. you, you still have good and close relationships with your mother and father. And I'm sure you hear from both of them. It's just like, well, this person do this, but this person do, don't do that. And, you know, I can't stand this person, but they still love each other at the end of the day, you know, and, but we don't hear those things until we become adults and become friends with our parents. Right. Um, so I think it's misleading to that degree, but as far as like, actually being married and um there's there's oh god <laughs> there's, there's, there's so many phases to it so like let's just say the perfect scenario you get married mm -hmm. you got let's let's build the traditional route you court you get married you propose you have a wedding you get married okay and then after the 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 marriage or the wedding, you buy a house together. Mm -hmm. After the house comes, maybe you get a dog. Mm -hmm. After the dog comes, your wife gets pregnant. So then the kid comes. Mm -hmm. And then all these other things kind of trickle into that. Those parts of marriage, people do not talk about at all. Mm -hmm. Because once you start getting into these big endeavors with your significant other, buying a house, um, getting animals, uh, acquiring you know, properties and stuff like that, things that you have to manage, having children, it creates certain stresses in your life that neither one of you were prepared for at all. You fall in love with somebody before any of that happens again in the perfect scenario, but you fall in love with that person. You don't fall in love with everything else because that's not in the picture yet. So then you're going through these things the, the house buying, you know, animals, uh, children, which is a huge thing. And then, you know, they present their own things. And we all know the, the statement in it 
it reigns very true where, you know, once you have children, you no longer matter. Mm. You no longer matter. It is now about your child or children. They are the priority that creates a stress on your marriage or it can create a stress on your marriage. You know, nine times out of 10, you guys are going to be two different parents. Uh, you guys are going to handle finances two different ways. You're going to take care of your house two different ways. You're going to take care of your animals two different ways. Um, you know, all of the above. So like those are things you don't initially fall in love with, but you have to learn to love over time. But that takes hard work. That takes practice. It takes a lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of arguments, disagreements. And those are the things that people do not talk about when it comes to marriage. Mm -hmm. Again, all people see is the end picture of, you know, this man and this woman, a rock on her finger, the story of how they met. And then wedding pictures hung up on the wall, but they don't talk about, you know, <laughs> what it took to, to get there and what it takes to maintain it. Mm-hmm. And I think that part is very overrated because that's not what you're prepared for. It's just like, as an example, when you're in grade school, K through 12, you know, they don't teach you how to, the, the basics of life, how to do your taxes, which we all have to do once we start working, how to change a tire, how to check your oil pressure in your car that you're driving every day and don't pay attention to. Mm-hmm. You know, like the how to budget, uh, right. you know, when you get a job, like these are the things that the world doesn't teach you that is a rude awakening once it happens. And I think marriage is the exact same way. Hmm. I, I hear you. I think. Mm, how can I say this? Like being, you know, being younger, growing up, seeing our parents marry. I don't think that we would have been in a proper mental space or even just our understanding to understand what we see now and witness from our parents now as an adult. You you Uh, get what I'm saying? I agree 100 percent. I mean, again, to your point, we grew up essentially seeing a perfect picture Mm -hmm. of, you know, mom and dad, both in the same house. They get along. They've been married. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, there are little moments here and there, but the good moments far outweigh those. But mm-hmm. like, that's what we've seen for, you know, 18, 25, 30 years. And, you know, that's what you know. That's what you grow up with. But when you get into uh, but uh, keep in mind, we are two different generations. Mm-hmm. We grew up with, with technology and certain things. And mm-hmm. now we're in the iCloud generation and all the other type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think, too, a part of it is either from a, a male or a female standpoint, I think now it's even harder to trust people because of the things that are out there. The social media is the everything's done on the Web and virtually, you know, the Snapchats where you can Snapchat somebody and it disappears. So what is it? Snapchat that pussy. <laughs> ex- exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but like if, if someone was to do that, like to you. Like your husband would never know. Right. Your husband would never know or your wife would never know. And, you know, I don't like again. So now it's even harder for couples because take take my my situation, for example. Okay. <clears throat> I'm a photographer. Most of the things that I photograph are women and my preferred styles of photography are implied or nudity. Mm-hmm. That comes with a price of, you know, you have to reassure that comes with uh, a price with, with making sure that, you know, your, your spouse trusts you with the people that 
you're around and right. the women that you're shooting and stuff like that. But like, those aren't things like our parents had to go through. Um, because now you got iPhones that can track locations. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I tell you I'm 30 minutes away at a certain park or something or at a certain location, but you track me and I'm downtown. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, but again, those are the things that like, there is no guidebook to, to marriage. You, you have to, learn to understand your significant other. You have to learn to compromise in certain situations. You have to learn to take yourself out of your own shoes and see some, something from somebody else's perspective, period, in, in order for it to work. Definitely. And I also, I, I mean, God willing, when my time comes, I will definitely be looking into like premarital counseling. I mean, I'm in therapy now, but like, I think premarital counseling will definitely help with like some of this stuff that we don't even expect to come about in marriages or that, you know, that we we're not even prepared, prepared for. I mean, I mean, I agree. So like, even I think taking a step further, Mm -hmm. premarital counseling is before you get married, but nine times out of 10, you're engaged. I think there are certain conversations that should be held like those tough conversations that you have when you're married mm-hmm. should happen way before you're even married, in my opinion. Mm. Like finances and goals and, and aspirations for you know a five or a ten year plan, mm-hmm. um, financial stability, um, yes, school debt. Since we are the college generation, school debt. What does that look like? Right. Um, how are you with your family? Do you get along with your family? Mm-hmm. Um, are your parents still t- married? Oh, if they're divorced, like how has that impacted you? I feel like those are the tough conversations that people should be having before a ring is even mentioned or in the picture, let alone before you even married. Because once you get married and then those conversations happen, now you have the potential to fall out of love of what you originally fell in love with. And that's tough. That is tough. And that's why, like, I be telling people, listen, get you your own therapy, okay? Because you, a lot of times, we don't even know we be affected by certain situations until we're affected. You know, until it's brought up in our face and we're like, oh, I, I didn't know I had an issue with this. But you've been, you didn't have to know. You've been living life with this perception for so long that now when you're challenged with it and it's bringing some type of fear or some type of insecurity, it's just like, you know, bringing a, bringing a pimple to a head to an extent. Okay. So it's easy to give up and throw in a towel. And I know from talking to a lot of my married friends and family that sometimes that do be looking like an option. (laughs) I remember, um, she's like my, she was my coworker, but we are like sister girlfriends. And she used to tell me all the time, she was like, listen, me and my husband be like night for $99. We can get a divorcioso. Like they saw the billboard and she was right. like, listen, it'd be rough sometimes, Ariel. And I'm like, for real, you know, you being single looking in you, I don't really see it sometimes, you know, like I just want to be like, oh, you can work it out. You can work it out. But you know, I guess the real question is what keeps you committed and looking beyond that option? Because, you know, for some, that is the option. And for some, it's not an option. So what keeps you committed and looking beyond it? So and, and not to ta- sound uh, cheesy, mm-hmm. my, my commitment 
has everything to do with my upbringing mm-hmm. with, with my parents, my family is like, I think all of my aunts and uncles, even like a lot of the, the friends that I have and who have, um, that I've uh, grown to know over the years, everybody's parents are like married or have been married for a long time. So seeing that growing up with that is honestly probably my biggest motivation to stay committed because if you can see that you know there's people out here that's been married 30 40 50 60 years to to the same person Mm -hmm. with however many children however many jobs come and go how many ups however many downs like they've stuck through it with one another then you know why not Mm -hmm. but now the tough part is again you have to take into consideration your spouse's upbringing and what they are or are not used to. And that can, can be the the tough part where, you know, you're used to a certain thing. They're used to a certain thing. Mm -hmm. So if you're used to, to marriage working and, and being this end all be all where it's just like, no matter what we go through, like I'm here, I'm around, that's your mindset. That may not be the mindset of the other person. Um, So, so like, that that's the tough part. What keeps me committed is is simply that like I'm I'm used to it. Like I've seen this. Like I'm not gonna jump to the conclusion of divorce because clearly like there are uh options and and resources out here that we could tap into to get over certain things. Mm-hmm. Um so it it's nothing to just give up on. But again, it it's not always the same from uh whoever you're with from, from their point of view, if that's the situation. True. It brings me back to like seeing, you know, our parents may vent to us now as adults, but it's like, Oh, y'all been, been getting on each other nerves, but <laughs> that didn't stop y'all from working it out. And, you know, adding on to these years of this marriage. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, again, like you, now we hear cause we're our, our parents' friends. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we talk about, you know, things here and there, but, you know, you, again, time, times are different. Like Mm -hmm. they were born in the fifties and sixties and they were young in the seventies. Times are different. Presidents were different. Technology was different. Uh, everything, everything, everything. (laughs) Um, so, you know, one thing I can credit to their generation is, you know, in the seven, let's just use the seventies when they met, let's just say when they were in their twenties or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, when they met, they didn't have to worry about going through somebody's phone mm-hmm. or, you know, going through somebody and checking somebody's email or right. you said you was with this girl, but I saw you on Instagram with this girl. Right. Or, you know, you out here posting on Snapchat or TikTok with this person. Right. And X, Y, and Z. Like, I, I say that to say, like, we, we are the generation full of so many distractions mm-hmm. and things that you may not be involved in. But now we are upholding ourselves to certain social standards and we get ourselves in trouble. Mm. We, we, mm. we literally get ourselves in trouble, Definitely. like double tapping on a picture that you really have no interest in. But somebody interprets that another way. Right. Having, I know. I've been there like, uh-uh. You can't like nobody but your mother. You but, 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 but that's the mindset. <laughs> but you know what? That was the old me, you know, being being uncomfortable, being, you know, 
parts of me that was insecure and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I get it. I get it. Veneer. You got to grow through yeah. it. And, and it and it's on both sides. It's men and women. But I think it goes back to a very important point that you that you made earlier, where it's just like, even if it, it's not therapy, but like you truly people need to get to know and love who they are first before they get to know and love somebody else. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. If you can't love yourself, you can't love somebody else. You can't. Or, or expect possible. someone to right. to love you when you're not loving yourself. Exactly. Like, it's not exactly. fair. Exactly. How do you maintain you within your marriage and being a father? <sighs> I mean, it's it's a it's a learning experience along the way, especially with parenthood. Um, you know, you you can be in and out of relationships throughout life, uh, get to know different types of people. You get to learn yourself from a love standpoint that way. Mm-hmm. But when you become a parent, it, you you have to learn quick mm-hmm. because you you are now taking care of a, a living, breathing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't say there's not room for error because it is you, you have to learn and grow. Mm-hmm. But like you have to maintain somebody's life on top of maintaining maintaining somebody's life. You have to maintain your significant other so they don't get forgetting about. And that's also a tough part of, of parenthood. But you know, that that's tough. Mm-hmm. It, you can't, I, I think there is a, in some marriages, not all there, there's a tough sense to really be you mm-hmm. because you're constantly trying to make someone else happy. If that makes sense. It does. I remember Will and Jada was talking about like happiness and, Jada was like, it's unfair for me to put all my, my, the responsibility of my happiness on Will. Like he can only add to whatever I'm bringing to myself. And it just goes right back to like the love part. Like you can only add to how I'm loving myself. Right. But, but so now using the example that you just used of Will and Jada, Mm -hmm. we, we see that now we still see the perfect picture of the Smith family of Jada Pinkett, Will and the kids. Mm -hmm. We we see a perfect picture and whatever. I think, what was that? A red table talk. Mm -hmm. But like, we we hear that now, how long have they been married? Right. Right. So now we don't know what went into their marriage before they came out 20, 30 years later to come to that realization. True. I mean, growing pains. Exactly. Entanglements. But 20 years worth of it. Yeah. 20 years of entanglements and right. 20 years of growing pain. Like this is the stuff that people don't show you about marriage. And it, and that part sucks because you, you come into these marriages in love, but blind, blind, completely blind. I think one point, well, one, one view, I look at it like, oh, y'all have been able to sustain this marriage for this many years despite what has been going through, despite what y'all letting us see. Like, of course, you know, like social media, we're only seeing the highlights. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know I'm only seeing the good parts, but y'all have been sustaining and, and growing within this marriage. Well, I think with that, uh, and I feel like this is probably answering some of your questions, but um, I think with that, I think distractions in a marriage are a good thing. And I I use distractions, meaning like jobs, work, Mm -hmm. um, your children, something that can take you. And and let's use this analogy Mm -hmm. during the pandemic. You know, there is no way that I would have wanted to or want to be 
in the same space with my significant other day in and day out, all day, every day for, let's just say eight months straight, Mm -hmm. you would hate each other. Mm -hmm. Being up under somebody for that long, it's it's not supposed to be that way. Mm -hmm. But you get the distractions of being able to go to work for eight hours and then come back to your person where they say the heart grows fonder, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with distance or whatever. Um, Like a job can provide that. Your children can provide that, you know, hobbies can provide that, you know, take a girl's trip with your girls, take a guy's trip with your guys. Like those, those are the the right distractions. I think people should continue to have in relationships and in marriages. But, you know, if you don't have that, then these entanglements happen and all this other type stuff, because then you start resenting the other person. So do you believe that's like balancing? Absolutely. It, it, it has to happen. Mm-hmm. It has to happen. It's absolutely necessary. But the, the tough part about it is it's not always received that way, mm, gotcha. whether it's from the man or the woman. It's not always received that way. Again, going back to your point, it has to be with how comfortable you are with yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you're comfortable with yourself, then you're going to be comfortable with your spouse going out and doing whatever they please, but trusting that they'll do the right thing and come back to you. Mm-hmm. And or trusting that they're they'll be safe or trusting that their time will be spent doing something productive or, you know, right. Not fooling around. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. but again, it you guys need to be on the same page with that from the beginning. Right. Because then it's harder to deal with when it does come up. OK. Does alone time exist in marriages? Because very I know what they I need my alone time. Yeah. It's, it's very little. But okay, this, there's a two-parter to this. Okay. Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. If both people can accept the other wanting to be alone, we all know people have feelings, and you know, I love you. I just want to be near you and around you. I just want to love up on you. You know, all that wonderful stuff. Mm-hmm. It 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 don't work that way every day. Like, and then when you add children into the mix where, you know, at a young age, your children need all the attention, you know, and then your wife or husband still need attention, you know, at the end of the day, it's just like, when, when do you get you time, Mm -hmm. you know, when do you get to maintain your sanity? And, you know, I can only speak in my situation, but, you know, like during the pandemic, my wife still had to go to work physically like into the office mm-hmm. i was still working but i was able to work from home but daycare closed so i was stay-at-home dad full-time mm-hmm. employee so i was by myself so when she would come home from work i would kind of hand off the baby and i would want to be alone for a little bit mm-hmm. but sometimes that was taken personally or offensively like well damn like why don't you want to be around me and in my mind it's like it ain't got nothing to do with you Mm-hmm. It has everything to do with how my day was or, you know, if work sucked, if the baby cried all day and I wasn't able to get nothing done and I still got to work after you come home, you know, like not everybody sees it from the bigger picture. Right. Them little drive homes that would normally be your, your long your, time. Right. That's your long time. That's your detox. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's that's you wiping a day off of you where you can commute to and from, blast your music, mm-hmm. curse out the person in front of you. You know, <laughs> you, you got your Jeezy on, you got your trap music on. You just left your corporate job, but you got your trap music on. Right. You know, like that's that's your alone time. But mm-hmm. like if you don't get that, like that that's a, a sanity test. Mm-hmm. So it's just like how do you then begin to um 
take ways to, to get your, your you time, maintain your sanity and stuff like that. And like, it's, it's not always easy to get at all because you, you, again, you constantly have to worry about the other people because if you don't, it, it comes off selfish. Mm. Even though they, the, the old saying is treat yourself first. That shit ain't real. How often do you have to like, I don't want to say kill your ego, but kill your ego in marriage. And that's not, you know, I'm only asking from a man's perspective. I'm no women have to do the same as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, from a man's perspective, in my opinion, mm-hmm. I think it's often, I don't want to say every day, but it's, it's often. Um, and I only say that because of the times that we live in now, again, women make more than, more than us now. Mm-hmm. Women are in higher positions than men. Now women are running companies. Uh, women are vice presidents of countries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, women, like y'all do the damn thing and rightfully so. Like y'all work for it. You, you deserve it. You earn it like by all means, but you have men that are out there that, you know, still kind of want to live by the traditional way. They want to be the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. They want to be able to provide and, do this and do that for their wife or for their household. But, you know, a lot of times the script is flipped and there's nothing wrong with the script being flipped at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just, it's just so many things like traditionally, you know, men take out the trash mm-hmm. or, you know, men will change an oil on a car or um, whatever the case may be. But, you know, again, speaking from my perspective, you know, during this pandemic, I've been daddy daycare I've been Miss Doubtfire. I've been a full-time employee. Mm-hmm. You know, I've kind of been doing it all. Again, nothing against my life, but those are the cards that we've been dealt based off of our jobs. Right. Uh, and, you know, still having to make a paycheck. <clears throat> so I've had to become domesticated from a male and female point of view. The only thing I'm not doing is breastfeeding because I can't. Right. But, you know, I'm nurturing a child a one-year-old from Mm -hmm. she was months old to now being a one-year-old a child of you know being that that loving and caring person that men typically aren't you know we're we're the stern ones we're the the hard people because we we have to because we're men blah 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 blah. but you know having to be that nurturing person also Mm -hmm. having to be the housemaid and you know where i'm cooking and cleaning Mm -hmm. you know day in and day out Mm -hmm. and then still trying to make a paycheck you know, be a man and still work and make a paycheck. So, you know, a a lot of those are ego checks. And I think we are being tested by the times that we're in because we're all being forced to to check our egos at the door, men Mm -hmm. and women. We are all being forced to do it because we all are being forced to think and act differently. Well, let me just tell you, if you um, feel like Mrs. Doubtfire, that's my movie. And it's the damn thing, okay? I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like, but but again, like, that was the position he had to take. Like, mm-hmm. he exhausted all his other options to be with his family, with his kids, mm-hmm. and still, and needed to make money on the, at the same time. Yeah. So he had to fill two roles. Mm-hmm. He had to still be dad. He had to be a man. But the only way he could do it was from seeing it from a woman's point of view. Right. Best of both worlds. Right. What is the biggest difference for you between marriage and being lifelong partners, just being in a relationship? Um, I don't think there really is any. Like, to, to be completely honest, I don't think there is any. I think um, 
sometimes you see situations where you you closer to a friend than you are family. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you can, like I have, you know, two two friends I can name off top that I'm probably closer to than my actual brother. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's the same way with marriage. Like, like y'all can be lifelong partners and not necessarily need to get married. Okay. Like y'all, I feel like two people can share a life with one another, with one another, and not necessarily need to put rings on it. Okay, but the possibility of just like I can leave at any given moment. Yeah, I mean, I think being a lifelong partner just makes it easier. Marriage, marriage as a title complicates things, mm-hmm. like because it becomes legally binding. Mm-hmm. So once it's legally binding, depending on the state you're in, and y'all go and buy a house, y'all have children, y'all share accounts with the senator y'all have bought cars together properties together let's just say y'all do get a divorce or that comes up now y'all gotta figure all of that stuff out mm. all of that stuff out just because y'all are married right that's the difference yeah, that, I, that that's the only reason why i say marriage is overrated like i think you can be best friends with somebody your entire life and y'all can love each other wholeheartedly and not necessarily need to be married mm. i i think for me, it's just like you talked about before, like knowing your partner and like peeling back those layers, like allowing each other to see each other fully, like seeing the parts of you that you don't even like seeing about yourself. But like this is me accepting me as I am and who I'm becoming. Right. So like I feel like if we're starting off on the right foot, then marriage can be. Um, a beautiful thing. It could be, you know, not saying without work, but it will be worth it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think with that point there, it just makes marriage easier. Mm-hmm. But I think, again, a lot of that should happen up front. Like, like you do it for work. Why shouldn't you do it for your marriage? Right, right. You, you do all the work up front so that you can have a successful project or deliver something on time or, you know, save money here or do this there, meet this deadline. But people don't do that for their for the people that they get to know. When you get married, is there some type of switch that that gets activated? Like, okay, I'm no longer a boyfriend, but her husband. And if so, like, what does that look like? Uh, It is. um, And I think it differs per person, per couple. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, speaking from my standpoint, um, I think when, when it comes down to making certain decisions mm-hmm. and having to include your significant other, that is a clicking point. Okay. You know, where it's just like, damn, like this, it's no longer just me. It's no longer just about me. Like I have a whole wife or husband that I have to include in this decision or figuring this out or doing this because that's my significant other. That's my husband. That's my wife. Mm-hmm. And I, to me, that that's a clicking moment. That was my clicking moment. And I think it was when we bought our house where it's just like, damn, like we're like married, man. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. y'all can live in an apartment. Apartment ain't nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody lives in apartments at some point in life. Mm -hmm. But like when you make a few hundred thousand dollar investment Mm -hmm. and y'all getting credit checks run together, y'all emptying savings accounts and all this Mm -hmm. other type stuff, that shit clicks quick. Like, damn, like we married, married, we, we doing this. Okay. We doing it. Yeah. Or, or children. Y'all sitting there staring at this little person where it's just like, damn, like we made that. We married, married. (laughs) Mm, What is and does consideration look like for you? 
<sighs> you about to have me in my bag. Um, <laughs> You're not too happy. I mean, if you can go there, you can get in it. <laughs> um, consider- I, think, I think it's important that, you know, we ask these questions because sometimes we, I know for me, I used to expect for my significant other to know what I want, but it don't mm-hmm. work like that. Oh, it, it definitely does the fuck not work like that at all. Um, but I, I think consideration point blank period is taking yourself out of the conversation and just thinking about somebody else first. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, as an example, I, wake up most mornings and I will grab my daughter if she wakes up early so that my wife can sleep in. Mm -hmm. That's automatic consideration. Mm -hmm. That's not me trying to impress or, you know, overcompensate or do anything like that. But that's just me like, damn, like, you know, I know I don't need as much sleep so I can stay up late and get up early at the same time Mm -hmm. where my significant other is not the same way. She want to go to sleep early and sleep in. So, you know, all right, well, let me grab the little one so that you can continue to sleep in. You know, to, to me, consideration is just like it's not about you. Just mm-hmm. just think about somebody else or your your wife or husband and just just do something like you ain't got to think about it. It ain't got to be an obligation. Just do it. To me, that's consideration. OK. How long do you think an engagement shall last and how long did your engagement last? To answer the first part of that question, it's up to the woman. Really? It's up to the woman. Uh, Men, again, we're dumb. (laughs) Men are dumb. We don't care. Mm -hmm. We're literally doing all of this for you. And when I say all this, I mean the engagement, the ring that's on your finger, how long it lasts as far as planning a wedding. Mm -hmm. That's all for y'all. It's all for the wife. Um, Because at the end of the day, because before we're married, we're all about, oh, happy wife, happy life. You know, mm-hmm. oh, she's happy, then we're good. Um, so, like, if if you don't want to be engaged that long, we will make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't mind sitting around with us for five years with a ring on your finger, then guess what's going to happen? You want to sit around for five years with a ring on your finger. So, it, it's all up to the woman. Uh, my engagement was a year and a half. Okay. But, again, that was... Her, so no, I take that back. Her requirement, and yes, I'm going to use the word requirement. Okay. Her requirement was that in order to get to the engagement part, she doesn't think that people need to date longer than, let's just say, two years for you to know if that's the person you want to marry. I agree. I mean, yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. But you got to look at it from a male's perspective, from a man's point of view. We probably think the same way. But now because you've voiced to some degree that, well, it shouldn't take too long for you to know, like, this is what you want or, you know, like, am I not what you want? Because if not, like, we can end it now. Like, these are the things that some women say to men or vice versa. Mm -hmm. But now you put you apply pressure Mm -hmm. and pressure makes us make hasty decisions or pressure can build diamonds. You're absolutely right. The ones that we have to buy and put on your finger. Okay. I mean, I do think you, I don't think you should be in a relationship 
no, 10, five plus 10 years for you to realize like I'm the person you supposed to, you know, you want to be with. I'm not talking about like a, we was together from 16 or 25. No, but we're talking about adults. Like we grown, grown, like, come on, what you want? No, at that point, like, let's just say y'all both meet when y'all are 30. Again, you've been through enough stuff so that, you know, you know what you want, you know what you don't want. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's pressures that we put on ourselves and one another, like to you, why, why? And I'm asking you this now I'm turning into the interviewer. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Why, why is your number two years? Um, I feel like I'm not even doing two years. I'm doing like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like sometimes for women, you know, we do have a ticking clock, and I do want children. But at the same time, I've been there. I've been in long lasting relationships. Oh, you know, been in a relationship too long. And it's just wasting time. Like, don't waste my time because time is it's money. And if you don't know in your mind that you want to be with me and if I can see a future, then let's not waste each other's time. Move on to the next man can come. And that's why now I have this approach, you know, I'm not dating exclusively. Like I'm not putting my eggs all in one basket. I'm going to date, you know, multiple people when I do, when I do date. (laughs) Because I'm not dating right now. But like, you know, when opportunity does present itself, I will, you know, not limit myself. Because I just feel like sometimes men take that pressure and, will be they will fold under pressure but the right man will use that pressure and and get rejuvenated from it and be like oh okay you said you said a year and a half let's make it a year like let me let me prove to you why I want you and I want to spend the rest of my life and I'm not saying I'm just on a receiving end but there's also things on my end that I will be doing you know as well so I'm not in here for no long no long-term relationship I'm it's beyond me now yeah, no, and so so two parts to it. I think you're absolutely right, but I, without those long relationships that you were in, mm-hmm. where you might have think that they were a waste of time, you would not be the person that you are now. Mm-hmm. At like at all, like you would not think the way that you think now. You wouldn't interact the way that you do now. You wouldn't consider certain things or do certain things with certain people unless you've gone uh, through those things before. Right. Um, But, you know, again, being the age you are now and having gone through those things, I agree, like, don't don't waste your time. But again, like those are things that I feel like as human beings, we have to go through before you just jump into a situation or relationship. I also feel like men can take it as a as oh, it's pressure where. A woman, I remember watching like a demon devout, like a woman can just be like, no, these are my requirements. You don't have to feel the pressure. Like you don't have to take it as pressure. These are just my standards and my requirements. Mm-hmm. So you can do it or you can just be like, nah, it's not for me. But but again, like that's that's biased because you only see it from one perspective of a woman's. Again, you're, you're not a you're not a man. You, mm-hmm. you don't understand what it's like for us to feel that pressure okay. because regardless at the end of the day, it's still pressure. Mm. it's still pressure like you now let, let's use the word that you use requirements you I mean, use requirement no you you said that from the the woman that you mentioned okay uh, mm-hmm. yeah so she's like these are my requirements you can meet them or you don't have to right so now we hear all right well damn like you have the only other place you hear requirements are jobs mm-hmm. you know like you are required to do this you're required to wear that you're required to perform a certain way 
we do that with a smile on our face because at the end of the day, there's an end goal of a paycheck. And it's a great investment. Right. It, well, it, it, depending on your situation, yeah, it's a great investment, mm-hmm. but we're getting paid throughout the process. Mm-hmm. That, like that, that's the point of meeting a requirement is there is a, a gift at the end of it, a paycheck or something that you you know you're, you're striving to, to get at the end of two weeks or a month. Right. It's not the same case in relationships. But I also feel like that's why it's important that we are friends, you know, like that's why conversation is needed before we even start dating, because I'm not about to. Oh, you want to take me out to eat? No, I don't need a meal that bad. Like, what's your conversation like? You know? Yeah, no. And I agree. But but that's that's the difference, though. If those conversations are happening up front before an engagement or marriage even happens, the better off y'all will be down the line. But when certain people, men or women, mm-hmm. if y'all mention, or if that person mentions requirements or deadlines or, you know, why does it take this long for that? Or I want this and I don't want that. Now you start applying, you might be doing it subconsciously, but now you're applying pressure to the other person. And I think that part's unnecessary. And again, you may not even be, be doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. It, that just could be your state of mind where it's like, well, you know, I don't want to date for two years. And all he might hear is it's like, well, damn, like, I don't even have my life together yet. Like, I don't know how long it's going to take for me to be me before I need to make you happy. That could take four years. Mm-hmm. But you want to be married before then. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So like it's but then that's the consideration part. You got to you got to be willing to compromise and look at the bigger picture of it's no longer about you mm-hmm. or especially if you want to be married to this person or if you are married to this person, it's no longer just about yourself and the intentions on dating too. Absolutely. True. What's your thoughts on these huge marriages? I mean, huge weddings, like is it smart? Is it ideal? Um, I completely think it's not ideal mm-hmm. um, because weddings cost money. Now, if you have the money, and you always wanted a big wedding, mm-hmm. go for it. Um, but again, I, I feel like a lot of this stuff, and this might be fucked up on my part, but I think a lot of this stuff, again, is up to the woman. Mm-hmm. Um, because the the big day, traditionally speaking, is for the woman. Mm-hmm. Like, men, we are there. But y'all have bridal showers and and like all these things that happen before a wedding that are for y'all. Mm-hmm. Y'all, the wedding is for y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most of the traditional things that happen during a wedding are for y'all. Um, you know, like the, 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 the mother or the, excuse me, the father of the bride and bridal dance. Mm-hmm. Like that's a traditional thing. That's for y'all. The bouquet throw that's for y'all. Um, you know, the people. It's just our to, day. It's, it's literally <laughs> y'all's day. Like the dress, like mm-hmm. y'all are the focal point. Y'all are the only one wearing that color. Like it's for y'all. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, so as far as the size of weddings, if, if I was to do it all over again, I would do a J-O-P and just take a nice vacation, mm. go to straight to city hall, do it in front of a judge and then take a bomb ass vacation. Yeah. I'm not here for the big weddings. I want it very intimate. Like you just, it costs money. It costs too much money. And I'm not here to show like y'all can catch these pictures, but like the people who's going to be there, just know you impacted my life or his life right. or both of our lives significantly, significantly. Now, for now you with to that be point, here. though, that point could be made where it's just like, 
how you're talking about people's impacts of lives, that's what can add up to certain people's weddings where they got one in 200 plus people. Yeah, that's true. Because all of them people had some type of impact. But again, like, because that's how our wedding was. We had 114 people at our wedding. Mm-hmm. But like everyone there played a role at some point in our life mm-hmm. that needed to see us be married, period. Mm-hmm. But you know, you get some people who have these weddings of 300 people. Do it need to be 300 people? No. Like, do you need to pay for 300 plates? Like, Mm-mm. to be like that, that gets out of hand. But mm-hmm. even 114 people was a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, we dropped a lot of money on our wedding. Mm-hmm. And, like, if I were to go back and do it again, again judge, tell us I do, and we go into the Maldives or something. Okay. Okay. What are some reasons you feel like, what are some reasons you feel that keep men from proposing in long-term relationships? Like, is it fear? Um, what is it? Um, is it because they don't like the word pressure or requirement? No, I think, I think fear is probably the best word to use, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's fear of being married or being somebody's husband. I think it's fear of who they are mm. as a, as a man. And I say that because typically in life, you want to have certain boxes checked off in your life before you do certain things. Now, it doesn't always happen this way, mm-hmm. but typically before, even before marriage, but like when you get into a relationship, if you're the type of man that's courting, you know, you're treating dinners, mm-hmm. trips, gifts, uh, I'm driving to you and picking you up. You know, like like that's gas, that's tolls, mm-hmm. um, like all these things cost money. So, of course, from a man's point of view, we want to be able to be financially secure. That's mm-hmm. usually the, the number one thing we want to be stable. We typically want to have like our own place, our own car, whether it's an apartment or a house. But, you know, our own car mm-hmm. means of transportation. Like I'm not about to come and pick you up from catching the train, you know, Granted, in New York, that's a different story because right. that's how they get around. But like, if we're in the city and I gotta pick you up off a of septa, that ain't cute. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I think it's I think it's fear of who we are as men that stops us from asking the big question or actually taking the leap to get married because we may not be secure in certain points of life yet mm-hmm. before we can before we feel like we can truly make you happy. Okay. Okay. If you could have added or did something different before marrying your significant other, what would it what would it have been? Taking longer to get to know her before I married her. Okay. Or before I even proposed. Okay. I, I did I rushed. I'm not gonna lie. I don't regret it at all. I love my wife to death. But I I forced a lot of things of as far as like getting to know her, how quickly I got to know her, mm-hmm. um, claiming certain things as far as like her being my girlfriend and all the other type of stuff. Like I moved very fast. Yeah, your eyes on the prize. Yeah, like, <laughs> and, and you're absolutely right. Like I saw what I wanted and I went after it. Mm-hmm. But like uh, some stuff was forced. Um, like me truly not taking the time to see not, not just who she was, but who I was mm-hmm. like taking the time to recognize who I was as a person from a human being standpoint. How am I with my money? How am I with my time? Mm-hmm. You know, how am I with making certain decisions and getting my shit together before, you know, I jump into the situation, but 
again, I saw what I wanted. I went after it. And again, I don't regret it. But the only thing I would have changed is, you know, instead of a year and a half engagement or getting to know her two years before I popped the question, you know, maybe taking a third year or adding a year onto the engagement to truly like understand who she is and who I am. Got you. Got you. You know, when I think about support, when I think about marriages, um, oftentimes, you know, we would like to be supported mentally, emotionally, financially and physically. And, you know, that's something I struggle with is asking for support or help. So how do you ask for support or do you know when you need support? Uh, I always think, you know, when you need it. Mm -hmm. I think the tougher part is asking for it, Mm -hmm. Um, whether you're a man or a woman, um, because we can all be stubborn people. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's 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 a tough situation. Like, you you know, when you need some help, Mm -hmm. but, you know, being the humans that we are and in this generation that we are in, we want to do everything on our own and seem like the, the big the hero at the end of the day, because I did this on my own mm-hmm. and X, Y, and Z. So it's, it's tough, but like, you know, when you need it, but right. like, like, I don't know. Like, and how do you ask for it? Like, again, it's being secure enough in yourself mm-hmm. to know, like you're, you're not going to do or be able to do certain things on your own. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's getting out of your own way, plain and simple, get out of your own way, get out of your head, you know, stop, thinking about the, the the negative parts of the situation or stop assuming. Ooh, that's the best word. Don't mm-hmm. assume mm-hmm. because you're going to make an ass out of yourself. Mm-hmm. It is so real. Mm-hmm. Stop assuming that you'll look dumb or you'll seem weak or mm-hmm. whatever just because you're asking for help or support. It, it's not that way, especially if you've married mm-hmm. the right type of person where you, you, you're not necessarily going to be judged or anything like that, ridiculed or crucified, mm-hmm. get out of your own way. You know, it's the, the weak part triggered me, like, you know, because in society you never want to appear to be weak. But, I mean, even with our relationships with, with God, with Jesus, it's like in your weakness, I'll make strong, you know? So, like, having that trust to know that, you're not going to be ridiculed for, for exhibiting weakness and the vulnerability of it all. Yeah. But, but, I, but I think also on top of it, like, I think you make a great point, but I think to piggyback off of it, it's it, sometimes it's not even from a significant other standpoint. Like you might ask for help from your significant other or your spouse, but then you might be in your head where it's just like, but damn, am I going to come off weak to her parents Mm -hmm. because I've asked for help for this? Or am I going to come off weak to my family? Mm -hmm. Am I going to come off weak to these set of people? Because like, let's just say, you know, your husband makes significantly less than you Mm -hmm. and needs help with a bill or something. Mm -hmm. And we know stereotypically women gossip, Mm -hmm. you know, who's to say you don't go out and, uh, talk to your girlfriends and say, yeah, I had to help, uh, Jamal or whoever with, (laughs) um, the cell phone bill this month. And they can be like, girl, you had to do what? Oh no, he didn't. Like, Hey, I thought he was working X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. So like Jamal could be in his head where he's just like, damn, like, I don't want to come off week because I know she talked to her girlfriends every day, blah, 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 blah. So then he doesn't ask for help at all. Mm -hmm. 
So it's like it's it's a big picture to it. Like it may not just be with your significant other. It could be people outside of y'all situation. Okay. What advice would you give to someone who wants to be married but is scared about the commitment and everything that comes with it? Uh, get, uh, take care of you first. Mm-hmm. Take care of yourself first. The the stronger you are as a person, mentally, uh, physically, spiritually. Um, emotionally, if, if you're more of a, a sound human being from your own perspective and standpoint, the better off you will be for somebody else. Take care of yourself first, whether that's again, physically being in the best shape of your life or just being healthy, um, financially get, if you're not completely together, be on the road to getting yourself together financially. Uh, emotionally, you know, have some strong characteristics, know how to make certain decisions. Um, you know, spiritually, do you believe if you do make sure you and Jesus is tight, mm-hmm. you know, and all the other type of stuff before you just get into this toxic relationship with some demon, <laughs> you know, like it's, I, I think that that matters. You matter first. Mm-hmm. You absolutely matter first. Okay. What is one joy that brings a smile to your face when you think about your own marriage days? My kid. Yeah. Again, it's and and this is not like a diss to my wife, but knowing that we made what we made, Mm -hmm. like I see my wife and my child. Uh, She has her whole face, literally. (laughs) Like, but but not even from a physical standpoint. The way that she acts, Mm -hmm. reacts, the way like my kid's sense of humor. It's both of us. Mm. It's both of us. So like to me, that like that's my biggest smile every day is my child. But it's because like. My kid has my feet. She has my my fart smells. Oh, God. She has she has my sense of humor, but she acts just like my wife. She <laughs> acts just like my wife. And as as annoying as it it may be some days, it's just like damn, like you know. Again, it's you taking a step back and looking like it's no longer about me, but I see the both of us in that little person. That's my biggest smile every day. Aww, Riley's the best. Yeah, she she's awesome. Amazing. <laughs> she's a little asshole, but she's amazing. <laughs> What's one myth that we all need to release when we think of marriage? That it's going to be picture perfect. Okay. Uh, I think that's the that whole white picket fence. You know, you and your wife or husband in this perfect picture and y'all's one, two, or three kids and good schools and the big house and uh, like all those things that picture perfect that society paints mm-hmm. get that shit out of your mind it is not that mm-hmm. you can have a big house and a white picket fence but that house costs some money that y'all didn't empty it out of savings account for and instead of three kids y'all ended up with one because one was enough or y'all can't afford three kids mm-hmm. and the white picket fence ain't yours it's your neighbors and you just happen to buy a house where somebody else has the fence and like Get that stigma out your mind of of marriage is the end all be all and it's perfect and you know happiness all the time. No, absolutely not. Myth. Myth. Got you. What's it's gonna thing? be work. Oh, I'm sorry, what you say? I said it's gonna be work. Mm. Worth it, but work. It's work, yeah. If it but if both of y'all put the work in. Right, right. Can't be one sided. Can't be one. What's one thing that women misunderstand about a black man's heart? Pride and ego. Mm-hmm. 
pride and ego because you'll never understand it. It's just like we'll never understand women uh, and, their, and y'all's biological clocks, um, y'all's sense of how can I put this the right way? So like, you know, menstruation, like hormones and mm-hmm. how, like how y'all feel and stuff like women's feelings, men will never understand it mm-hmm. again. Cause we're wired differently. We're dumb. Uh, we're a lot more simple thinking. Um, we'll never understand it, but on the vice versa, it's the same way with women. Like you'll never understand what it's like to constantly worry about, you know, men having to go out to perform as black men, not to, not to say that, Women don't black women don't have to do it as well because y'all got to probably work just harder than us. It's just because y'all are women in the world that we're in. But um, I, I just think it, it's tough for women to understand that, you know, men are who and what they are because of the men that we surround ourselves by or that we were raised by mm-hmm. or, you know, the, the picture that we're painted from a country standpoint, a societal standpoint women will never understand it. Mm. What, pride and ego. Those are our two biggest downfalls. Pride and ego. Okay. What does fatherhood mean to you? Uh, everything. Every Now, everything that I do mm-hmm. outside of me trying to, to maintain my own sanity, but as far as work, as far as uh, laughs and joy, uh, sadness and grind mm-hmm. it's all for my child mm-hmm. like yeah you can you take care of yourself along the way you take care of your spouse along the way but again when that kid comes into the world you you are the back burner mm-hmm. you are the bad it just naturally happens you don't do it on purpose you don't treat other people like the back burner on purpose it just automatically happens that way and that's what makes people good parents but they put their children first but you know, it's just, just like you understand there's nothing like a mother's love mm-hmm. when it comes to her sons mm-hmm. and it's nothing like a father's love when it comes to their daughters. But, you know, I truly believe, <clears throat> excuse me, a good friend told me this a long time ago, God going to give you what you, what you need. Mm-hmm. Like men want sons, women want daughters so that they can, you know, have their spitting image and stuff like that. But God going to give you what you need, mm-hmm. not what you want. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think it's absolutely true. Like I, I'm attest to that. Like, like I've always grown up with this thing, which is like, oh, I want two boys, just like me and my brother were. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, paint this whole perfect picture so that to repeat the cycle. Nope. Me and my brother ended up with daughters. Yeah. <laughs> we girl. both ended up with girls. It's so funny. I remember um, telling your mom, like, I bet you they both want to have girls. I bet you. And like, y'all yeah, both look, look at us now. Look at us. Exactly. <laughs> like, you couldn't tell me this like 10 years ago. I was like, if I ever have children, I want boys because boys are easier. Just then a third, blah, 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 blah. Ended up right with a girl. Mm. Um, my brother ended up with a girl. He wants more. And I think he's going to end up with more girls. Really? Um, but um, like, I don't know. It's like fatherhood to me is just, it's just not even with the stigma of just like taking care of a little person or taking care of your household. I just feel like fatherhood is just being a good human being to your child and to your spouse and showing that, that, that little person, the example of what it is to be a good human being period. Like if, if you can mold a little person to, to be a good human being above anything else, 
you've succeeded as a parent. Like you, you, like you can, you can want to mold the next LeBron James or the next Michael Jordan or the next Peyton Manning or the next, um, you know, track star, pole vaulter, the next astronaut, the next president, you can do all that wonderful stuff. But like, if they don't accomplish those things, but at the end of the day, they love themselves, they love the planet, they love other people, they can spread love, they can be this joyous person, aside from the ups and downs that we go through in life, you've succeeded as a parent. So Dave, what were some things that you felt like somebody could have given you a heads up on when you became a father? Oh, with becoming a father, um, oh God, uh, patience is everything. <laughs> okay. Um, just, just being patient, not just with the, the growth and process of your child, but being patient with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just understanding that, you know, this little person is not you just yet. Uh, your significant other, y'all aren't going to be the same type of parent. Y'all aren't going to parent the same way. So just being patient with the process, trust in the process, um, and just do your best as far as being an actual parent. That's that's really all you can do. Okay. Do you find yourself picking up some tools from like your own upbringing? Uh, yeah, I think more so is just just stay positive. Um, don't show your child the the negative sides of. of of like your your marriage or, or life in general like just try to keep them laughing keep them happy and then of course the harder stuff will come later but if you have a little one just show them good times all the time keep them laughing keep them smiling um and just go from there but um just just be positive as much as you possibly can because it rubs off mm-hmm. so a healthy black marriage two-parent home is something that needs to you know a child needs to see in a home? Um, I'm biased to it just mm-hmm. because of the times that we live in. It, mm-hmm. It's definitely a bonus if, if a child can grow up in a two-parent household. Um, but in today's day and age and, and stereotypical standards that we live in, it's not always the case. But right. if, if both parents can at least be on the same page with co-parenting, mm-hmm. still raising the kid in a, a good way, um, again, being positive, not showing or having your kid around selfishness, foolishness, um, negativity when it comes to um, the parents' significant others, if they might not be the direct parent. Um, just just not surrounding your kid with bullshit. Um, and just, again, just keeping things positive. But you know, I think it works both ways, whether the parents are together or not together. Right. I feel like we we have so many classes for like, you know, lash class or how to be classes. We need parenting classes, like real parenting classes offering in in all schools, starting at the foundational level all the way up, you know, because people need help on knowing how to raise a child or even just hearing other people's stories, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think, and to piggyback off of that, too, like, I think it would be great to have, like, a, a how-to one-on-one, like, how to even prepare to, to bring a child into this world, That and that's from loving yourself, mm-hmm. loving somebody else, like, uh, growing to, to learn and love somebody else after the kid is born, mm-hmm. because y'all, y'all, men and women can't do the same things. So there are certain things that men have to accept that women can and cannot do and vice versa. 
and like those are things we're not taught. So, you know, I think it would help that if if we had those, those stepping stones going into those situations before you just you know up and have one or multiple children. Okay, definitely, especially with um, parents being younger and having children. It's like, oh, y'all, some of y'all just having these babies because y'all think they look cute. You can accessorize them and make them look fly. But like, no, this is actually a human being Like you got to tend to. And how can you properly tend to a little person if you're not properly tending to yourself, like you said? Well, I I think you, you raise a good point. Um, I think in now today, because of the access to technology that we have, mm-hmm. I think a lot of parents look at having kids or look at their kids as uh, like a status symbol where, mm-hmm. you know, it's all about the uh, look at my kid and look at the, the little baby J's they're wearing or look at my, my daughter in Gucci head to toe. Um, my daughter's eyes, my daughter's hair, my son's hairline. And, um, you know, now you can have all these filters on Snapchats and, you know, that's all these people live by now, or it's a lot that you see where, again, it, just like we talked about earlier, it's, you see this perfect picture of this child or this family and they, they look a certain way. People are concerned about how they look as a unit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, shout out to Kevin Hart, but <laughs> like they, they concerned about how they look as a unit, but like you don't see like their struggle behind that stuff. Like the situations aren't perfect. Like we don't have these big houses and picket fences, but you got your kid in Gucci head to toe or the, the newest Jays that yeah. came out or, you know, you, you showing this, this perfect picture, but, and it's not always that way. It's not. I see it a lot in schools. Like you will see the the children, like you said, dressed down from head to toe, Zara kids or fashion over Gucci or, you know, whatever. But when it comes to actually knowing things that they should know, they don't know. And I'm just like, if you had put more time in you know, teaching your child because learning begins at home, then searching through the stores or online stores and purchasing clothes, your child will be a little bit better. I have to constantly like tell my little girls, um, you gotta know you gotta know your, your schoolwork. You gotta know your ABCs because you can't be cute and dumb. It's it's not cute. <laughs> that that's real. That shit is real. Can't be cute and dumb. I couldn't put it any other way. Mm. But mm. I mean, it's, it's the same. It's the same scenario where, like, you, it's guys. For example, you get to know these these dudes that will have a, a Beamer Seven Series, but live in a basement eight mom house. Priorities. You know like it's, it's it's the same thing. So these people who are out here having these kids and. We'll deck them out and, and and give them iPhones at the age of three and all this other type of stuff. Like, but, yeah, but but you don't even have your stuff together. You don't have your your boxes checked. You you still living in an, an apartment with three other people, and you know what I'm saying. So it's mm-hmm. it's this. But again, it's the 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 world that we live in now, and it's unfortunate because I think nowadays everybody is so concerned about an image instead of just mm, handling mm, a business mm, mm, trying to keep up with the keep up that's it everybody trying to keep up to joneses yeah everybody is guilty of it for it mm-hmm. 
In what ways have you been cultivating that healthy environment personally? Like, what do you do? What does it look like? It's okay if you're in the process of figuring it all out, too. Like, I don't want you to think you got to have an answer for it. No, I mean, well, I mean, I have an answer <clears throat> and to, to the last part of it. Like, you're, you're figuring it out every day. And I say that because your, your marriage is constantly growing and your child is constantly growing. And you're hopefully constantly growing. But to, to maintain a healthy environment, again, it, it's that positivity aspect of it. If you can show your child and be on the same page with with your significant other as far as being happy, smiling, keeping that positivity in the house, keeping negativity out, the wrong people out, surround yourself with good people, like-minded people, like-minded families. Mm-hmm. That's how you cultivate that that health, that 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 happy environment. It just just it's just like in your own life. If you want to be successful. You're going to surround yourself with successful people or like-minded people who want to strive for those things. It's the same way from a family aspect. You typically know people at the same point in life with you. So if you have children, nine times out of ten, your girlfriends or friends got kids, and y'all can be on the same page. Y'all can share stories, and y'all can do all those things. And that's just that's how it starts, but you're not going to keep bad baggage around you. Mm-hmm. True. It's like, uh, what? Uh, one one bad apple spoils spoils the whole bag. But that's what I'm saying. It's it's, it's real. Like every, everybody can't come along for the ride. Everybody not gonna stick around with you forever. Mm-mm. So if you like prime example, growing up, I had this this best friend lived across the street from me. Um, I won't throw no names out there, <laughs> but like we was tight. Like you, you couldn't mention one without the other. Like mm-hmm. we was always around one another. We became brothers, all that other type of stuff. But he started doing dumb shit, surrounding himself with people that wasn't necessarily the most positive influence on his life. Started joining certain clubs and and stuff like that. Got involved with certain people. He had one kid with his girlfriend. Met another girl, had a kid with her. Mm. And wound up having two kids with two different women. Me, I'm kidless. I'm all these other things. I stepped back because he was still out here doing certain things and and living a certain lifestyle that I didn't agree with, no matter how close we were. So I took a step back away from from the friendship. And I think that that proves the point where it's just like no matter how close you are with, with certain friends, with family, if they don't embody the same goals, standards and levels of excellence that you want to live by. It, it don't always work out. That perfect picture don't always get painted. And I, I, it's the same with parenthood, with marriage. Like, if your wife or husband can't get on the same page with you, it, it don't, uh, I guess, work out to, mm-hmm. to, to a certain degree where y'all are, like, trying to work on it together, then you need to step away from that situation mm-hmm. for the betterment of your child. My mom always say, like, un- unequally yoked ain't no joke like you need a partner who's you know equal as you know as equally yoke as you are and even if they're not maybe you're not equals but the person is striving to become better because some people will be like well this is just this is just who I am no 
you have room to improve and you need to change the attitude to improve. But people use that as a poor excuse to not work on themselves to become better. Yeah, no, and I definitely agree. But I definitely think it's one of those things. It's easier said than done. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because once you definitely start introducing those uh, big milestones that I mentioned before with start buying homes, properties, cars, acquiring certain assets, having kids, it's it's so much easier said than done. Mm -hmm. Because now y'all don't just have to be on the same page with one another. Y'all got to be on the same page about everything else. Right. Right. And it's not that easy. Life working on yourself ain't easy. But that's but that's what I'm saying because that even with all those other things going on, you still got to take care of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then just like the questions you asked before, like like how does alone time work in a marriage, or does it even exist? Remember, you still got all these other people and things to make happy. But when when do you get time to 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 take care of you? Mm-hmm. On top of all these other things. It's such a difficult balance. Did you know that she was going to enjoy fatherhood as much as you're enjoying it? Hell no. <laughs> Fuck no. Fuck no. So, so quick recap story about me. Before I met my wife now, I never wanted children. All right. I remember that. Never wanted kids. And a lot of it attests to, so there are no kids, well, now there are, but there were no children in my family growing up. It was me and my brother, all my cousins, and we all grew up super tight. None of us had kids, or at least none of us had kids early. So my, my youngest cousin is two years younger than me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were all just, we all just had each other. So, and then, oh God, probably like 10 to 15 years ago, um, worked at a summer camp uh, <laughs> probably like my first or second year of college came home for the summer worked at a summer camp and working with them inner city kids made me hate kids even more mm, they test you yeah oh my god because you know i'm i'm small i'm only five six with a beard so i look like one of these kids now you know they eat all this deer meat mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know they they 12 with a full-size beard they six four mm-hmm so, you know, I'm this grown man and I'm five, six with a beard. So I look like one of them. Man, they, they it was all kind of disrespectful every day. And it's already hot. I already don't want to be here. Irritated. Oh, my God. Like, and some, so, dealing with somebody badass kid. Oh, my God. And then, but, but the crazy part about it is when you see the parents, then you understand it. Yeah. Then you understand it. When you see the parents and you hear the parents talk or call their kid or this, that, and the third, then you understand it. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's it's just it, the apple don't fall far from the tree. Not at all. at all. At all. But before my current wife, like I never wanted children. I met her. I was like, yeah, I could I could see it. And once you know, little one came around, came along. Whew, I've I have not them first few months. You wasn't with parenthood, parenthood was overrated. And we we quickly came to the realization that we wouldn't have any more, and I got a vasectomy fast. Mm-hmm. But um, but like now, the, going through the stages of the kid getting bigger, she's understanding, she's talking, she's walking and running, she's developed a sense of humor. Um, she she laugh with you, like mm-hmm. oh my god, it, it makes life so much better. Like it's like you literally have 
have this little person that can understand you and talk with you and laugh with you and it makes it steals my entire heart Aww. now seeing her at this stage does it make you like damn i wish i didn't get a vasectomy are you no. like nope nope, nope. <laughs> absolutely not because i would we still have our moments where she gets fussy she cries this mm-hmm. whole teething crap um she's in daycare so you gotta deal with sicknesses and then daycare the financial side of it like daycare costs money they don't give you discounts for more than one kid so yeah, daycare is just like tuitions yeah, but that's what I'm saying like the, the fact that if I wanted to put my kid in daycare for a full week for a month it's gonna cost the same amount as my mortgage that's crazy to me yeah. and then to do that with two children fuck no I'll never do this again now, I'm so glad you brought up like the vasectomy because a lot of men be like, hell no, I ain't getting this, this, that, and third. What made you be like, I'm going to do it and not my wife? Well, so because it's less invasive for us. Right. Like uh, we, quote unquote, don't have to go under the knife like y'all would have to. Mm-hmm. Like you got, like if you don't do it right after you have the kid, then you got to go under and all the other type stuff. So, you know, you can die on the table. So. You know, God forbid you go and get your tubes tied and you die on the table. Like, that's crazy. But a vasectomy, I recommend it to any man out there. If you want kids and you have kids and then you don't want no more, get a vasectomy. Or if you don't want kids at all, get a vasectomy. It's a five-minute procedure. And what was the pain like afterwards? Like, what was the discomfort level? So, during the the initial pain is them sticking uh, needles in your balls to numb you up. Okay. So that sucks because it's just like go to the dentist, they stick you the mm, needles in your mouth yeah. to numb you up, but after that you're fine. So it's the same process. That part sucks. But you don't feel the procedure, and then you, you look down five minutes later, the doctor's done. The worst part about it is when all that wears off, mm. probably for the next three to five days, you're you're in pain. And probably the first two days, they tell you to stay horizontal to uh, avoid any bleeding or tearing okay. of, of the scar. But after that, you fine. Okay. They tell you not to have sex for six weeks. You bring in a sample for them to test your sperm, mm-hmm. and it has to, like, leave your shaft. Um, and then if you test... If your test come back and says you still have spermy system, you have to come back in another four weeks, and then after ten weeks, then you can do whatever you need to. And then, uh, I recommend a vasectomy to any man. Now, did you have to go back for a second one, or you were good? I did, yeah. Okay. I had to get two samples. Okay. And it was still the same healing process. Oh no! Well, so you're not getting it done twice. Oh. No. So so the process is after you get the procedure done. Mm-hmm. In six weeks, you have to give them sperm and they they test your sperm to see if it's sterile okay and then if it's still um fertile then they tell you to come back in four weeks and you give them more sperm and then they tell you that you're sterile oh okay okay got you it's it's a one and done i'm so glad you talked about this so like Like, a lot of men are just like, "Mm -mm." I don't know if they think it's like it takes their manhood away from them. But um, a lot of these niggas out here who do do be out here having kids back to back to back, um, a lot of y'all need it since, you know, there's no male birth control right now. Yeah, I'm telling you, a vasectomy, like, and yeah, there there is a stigma behind it where 
men think certain things are being cut off or like no it's a small incision that happens at the, the I guess the bottom side of your shaft they they snip a vein they solder it and they sew you back up you're done and I guess women some women play a part of that you know with their own oh they got your bosses and they're you know making men feel a little bit more yeah. insecure as well but listen you gotta yeah, do what's best for you it's a simple procedure. You could make fun all you want. And if if I went out here and had some fun and you came back and said that I'm pregnant, I'm going to look at you like you're stupid. <laughs> it ain't me. That ain't mine. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, Dave. I recommend it to anybody. How important is it for you to cultivate and bring yourself joy outside of being a husband and a father? Oh, man. It's probably... It's, this question or this answer right is like two parts. Yeah. It's probably the most important to take care of yourself first. Yes. And I say that because if you don't, how will you be able to take care of your the others? It's like pouring from an empty cup. Literally. Literally, I couldn't have said it any better. So but at the end of the day, it's tough taking the time to yourself to to maintain your own sanity, to maintain your own happiness. Because when you have a kid, you're exhausted all the time. You're getting used to a constantly changing schedule, especially if you work. Uh, you got to worry about, you still got to give love to your significant other, family. You still want to try to have a social life. Like all of these things play a, play a part. And out of all of those things, maybe outside of the social portion, you're not getting any of this time to yourself. Right. So that's when I say it, it, it matters and it's super important to, I don't care if it's a hobby, um, something to pick up to just to do and enjoy on your own. Like, it is so real. So if you have a set of girlfriends or, you know, if you're a guy, you got your, your, your guys, your bulls, and... Like, go out with them. Go have drinks every once in a while. Like, maintain your sanity so it's, it's a place for you to vent outside of your house. Um, if, if you have a hobby, like I do photography, that's that's my escape. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Reality. Like, that's, that's how I get away. That has a whole other story to it. But, like, that's, that's how I try to maintain my sanity and my happiness. Something I can just go out and do on my own. And he's really good, y'all, okay? He's been getting yeah, feature magazines. Need, need pictures, hit me up. Okay, hit him up. Hit the boy up. He good. Okay. What is self-care for you, and how do you nourish yourself with it? That's tough. Self-care. Self-care to me used to be something different than what it is now. So okay. I'm, a, I'm a huge, huge music lover. And you know this. We share yeah. music all the time on new stuff. All the we, time. We got, right. We got old hearts. Photo shoots. Souls, everything. All that stuff. Like, <laughs> you know, we, we break the, the portable speakers out. Um, so m- music is everything to me. Mm-hmm. I, I, there is not a day that goes by that I cannot listen to some form of music. And, mm-hmm. you know, my, my go-to four genres are hip-hop, R&B, reggae, and some type of funk or blues. Mm-hmm. 
and you know I get that from my dad growing up, but so what it what it used to be before I met my current wife now, like I used to you know the the the, the song summertime by Will Smith, he say the mm-hmm. plateau is a place where everybody go mm-hmm. that that shit is real, so the plateau. And the art museum steps. Mm-hmm. For those that don't know, those are two hot spots in Philly. But those used to be two spots that me and like two or three other friends would go to. And summertime is everything where you can at night roll with your windows down, yes. music blasting, sunroof open, and you know just just enjoy life, especially on like a Friday. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You go up to the plateau with some Deer Park bottles, but ain't no water in them. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's just, just enjoy, you know what I'm saying? That's a little litty night. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're at midnight, y'all trying to figure out what cheesesteak spots to look yes. uh, to, to go get something because y'all might have smoked a doobie. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like that brings me joy. It's it's those simple things. Like, I ain't got to go to no club. I ain't mm-hmm. got to go to no lounge. I ain't got to go out spend a million dollars. Like, simple things. Like, you know, it's the simple stuff. Like, catch me at a nice little park or a city view okay. with some good people good conversation that's all i need that brings me simple joy simple mm-hmm. joy it's it, it's tough to get though mm-hmm. we have kids definitely definitely understood okay finally finally last question i want you to finish this sentence love is that's it yep that's it <laughs> that 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 <laughs> Oh man, finish finish the sentence. Love is um I don't wanna be the cliche but like love is what you make it. That's, so. that's cliche. Um Oh god, uh put me on the spot here. <laughs> um I think love is is the there you go. Give it to me. Love is <clears throat> the true definition of a person. Hmm. And and I mean and what I mean by that is love love is how you embody the qualities and traits and characteristics of yourself. And how you pour that into others. So if you truly love yourself, you're confident in yourself, you're you're a good person, a good human being, you've got love to give, you've got just all this joy inside of you and you know and the fact that you can like love life and the life that you live, it makes life going through life and loving other people and other things ten times easier. And if if one thing needs to be taken from this entire interview and this entire podcast, mm-hmm. outside I, to, again, black love, love yourself first. Mm. Take care of yourself because you cannot take care of others before that. Definitely, you can fall in love all you want with with all the bad Johns out here and you know all the funky niggas and all this other type of shit. But if if you don't love yourself, if you still putting on this facade and you still go home sad, depressed and angry and all these other type things, it don't matter. Love yourself first, period. 
Period. I like Period. it. I was thinking, uh, I love your answer. I was thinking myself, like, damn, what would I say? <laughs> Yo, it's, but, it's tough. It is, but I had to really, like, I will definitely say, like, you know, Jesus always say, um, what is the first Corinthians 13? Love is kind, love is patient. We hear that a lot, but, like, to really sit back with that, like, I would definitely say love is patient because you have to be patient with yourself first. Like if you're not patient with loving you, you will not have no patience for loving or learning to love someone else. And if if you're not, like you said, like if you're not kind to yourself, you can't be kind to nobody else. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Like, and if it's just, we're ingrained with, with so much bullshit, especially in today's day and age, because you see, these celebrities, these mm-hmm. figures, and these people out here that look all perfect, but then you see these people out here getting divorces after two and three years of being married, five years of being married, seven years of being married, but but then you got these regular Joe Schmo people, these regular ass people that's been married forty plus years. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like like all the money in the world ain't the answer. It's a help. That's for fucking sure. Right. But it ain't the answer. It ain't but I'm telling you, you, you gotta you gotta take care of yourself. Like if if you ain't got that part, you can't give it to nobody else. Mm-mm. Because because now you're in a relationship or you're in a marriage where you gotta or you're trying to take care of somebody else on top of take care of yourself. It's ten now it's ten times harder because now you're trying to figure out somebody else and you're trying to figure out yourself at the same time and and being frustrated because right. you haven't taken care of yourself or learned right. yourself and, and we're all guilty of it. Yep, we're oh. all guilty of it. I'm fucking guilty of it. Listen, like I love I love me some me. I love me some me, and I'm happy. I'm confident. Don't it don't take much to that that like nothing can really make me mad and angry and stuff like that. I have patience. But when you're dealing with somebody else that don't have those those characteristics and stuff like that, you gotta constantly learn somebody else, and it and it tests you. Mm-hmm. But you you gotta you gotta love yourself first. Period. Mm-hmm. Gotta love yourself first. Black, white, Puerto Rican, yellow, brown, purple, green, whatever. Green. <laughs> it don't matter. I don't care who you are, where you're from. Love yourself first. Period. Period. And that's all. Mary had a little lamb. Yeah, I'm telling you, Mary was right. <laughs> That was right. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, thank you, Dave, for allowing me to interview you. I appreciate you, brother. You know, I got you whenever you need me as a muse. I appreciate it. Thank you for, for having me on. And if you ever do any other topics in the future outside of Black Love or anything else, like, you know I'm available. And just thank you for being the the awesome god sister that you are like, i don't thank even put the god you. in front of it like you just my sister yes but <laughs> thank you for being who you are and being what what makes me love you as much as i do is because you are genuine like Thanks, ain't no facade to you ain't no fake shit like you are a genuine fucking person and i couldn't be happier to have you in my life thank you i appreciate it thanks thanks for seeing and hearing me even when i wasn't saying a word you know like when I was hot and when I was like deep down the process of like, thanks for like coming in a hole and like, yo, what's up? What you doing? So I appreciate it. We're going to be in a hole together. That's fine. <laughs> we can have some conversations. I got shovels. Oh, shoot. I'll dig right down to you. 
I appreciate you. I love you. So, before I let you go, wait, Essential Water, I'm coming at y'all every episode. Y'all better hire me. If you're looking for a new photographer, holla at my brother, okay? I'm going I'm I'm to hop on this to Essential. She drinks this water every day. Every day. This is the only thing she carry around. If y'all need a brand ambassador, she needs to be the one. She loves the product. I'm she here. loves the, the quality of the water. Y'all need to bring her on board. I'm here, like I'm, I'm, I'm getting y'all sales without even getting paid. That's how she, much I love it. She, that's how much she love it. Y'all need to bring her on. Okay, let's let's get it right. You know, I I want to share goodness with everyone, especially water. And y'all put some chlorophyll in your water. It's good for you. Put put that chlorophyll in there. <laughs> yes, so good people. You know what time it is. It's time to get live. It's time to represent Sunset Park. What time it is. <laughs> but that's an old film I like. It's Sunset Park. <laughs> Despite the tired narrative of, you know, the great white hope coming to give us some hope. I like the actors and it was funny. But, you know, I'm also here to put you onto something scrum diddy yum yum. Okay. So today, I am shouting out my girl, C. Hey, Cece, for putting me on to Gilbin's Bakery. On, what is it? Gilbin's Bakery and Specialty Sandwich Shop, located 7405 Stinton Avenue, right here in Philly. They're open Wednesdays through Sunday, and on Sundays, it's Soul Food Sunday, so you can't get no specialty sandwiches, but you could get like a hot turkey wing platter or ribs, whatever you want. Um, I haven't tried their soul food because, you know, my mom be throwing down in the kitchen. Okay. Like throwing it down, but I have tried their shrimp po' boy and y'all is slamming or what the new kids say. It slaps. <laughs> I be feeling old now. Like, what do this mean? Like what, 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 what does it mean? I be having to ask my niece, but it's really good. I mean, a garlic buttery toasted roll topped with lettuce, shrimp cheese fried onions and tomatoes oh my mouth is watering just thinking about it like it's so good so go check them out go tell them good food good people podcast sent you um i inhaled the whole damn thing yo i'm not even gonna lie like i couldn't even save half of it because i was just like oh this is too good i just gotta eat the whole thing and their carrot cake is bomb. Like, customer service is great. When you walk into the establishment, y'all, they got the gospel music playing. So, you know, the food is blessed. Okay? We need good blessings coming this way. So, go check them out. And again, tell them I sent you. And remember, good people, if you know any black-owned spots, hit me up and let me know. I'm always down and looking for a new place to visit and review. And yes, I am a Google certified reviewer, so don't play with me, okay? Because I review. But um, yes, if you got any place, like not even just in Philly, anywhere, let me know so I can put them on my list. So when I do travel, I'll hit them up. So Dave, do you have anyone special that you shouting out? Uh, I just want to give an honor to God okay. uh, and all of his beautiful children. <laughs> I want to shout out my wife and my child. Yes, hey, May. But I, I want to give a shout out to both of them Yay. and to my parents for giving birth to this king. Yes, okay, go ahead and speak life, all right, all right. Remember, y'all, when y'all visit this place, please take a picture, tag me, chat with me so I know you went, like, for real. I won't bite you. 
The only thing I'm trying to bite into is something delicious, okay? I'm greedy. I like good food, though. So that's it for today's episode. Thank you for making time and listening to me. I appreciate you all, honestly. And if you haven't already, please go follow Good Food, Good People Podcast at G-D-F-O-O-D, G-D-P-E-O-P-L-E-P-O-D on Instagram. And also, please follow Dave on his Instagram page. Dave, please let them know where they can find your beautiful masterwork. Uh, y'all can find me uh, at S. As in Sam, T as in Tony, dot C as in Cat, and seven underscores. Oh, it's seven because, like, it's the number of completion? Absolutely. Oh, look at that, look at that. Okay, y'all, if y'all looking for a photographer, hit him up. He's good, good, don't sleep, and don't wait till the prices go up. Okay? Be blessed, y'all, and remain a blessing, remain intentional, and always seek God and make time for him before anything else. Be well, good people, eat good, surround yourself with good people, and remember to bring good and all the goodness there is home first. See you next time, good people. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Good night.